Yeah. Oh, no, Vince. They're tied. Wait, 82 what? to 82. Oh, shoot. Oh, wow. UConn, Jesus, 60 to 33. Yikes. Yeah, oh, man. This is great. I need Kansas State to win here. I did during the cast. I'm sorry. I had to do it, but I had to cash out my bet. What's up, guys? This is Vince, my co-host Ryan here. We're going to give you some uh, sports talk here. Right now, the Sweet 16 is going on. we got a couple games going on live, Arkansas and UConn, Kansas State, Michigan State. Kansas State, Michigan State, definitely the more exciting game of the two so far. So, uh, Ryan, what are your thoughts on the first, second half of both games and where they are right now? I mean, really – in the Kansas State game, both teams are trying to keep it close here. I'm trying to see the score now. Looks like it's 75-70 Kansas State winning. I know I'm actually back in Kansas State on this one. Uh, did you end up making any bets on this game? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was a parlay special on, on DraftKings. It was Michigan State and Tennessee. They, like, did a parlay boost. So I only took it because of that. Honestly, to me, though, Michigan State, Kansas State, this was a coin flip game, and so it's kind of playing out the way I expected. Um, I mean, I don't know if Michigan State's going to be able to hang with Kansas State. I think Kansas State's on a run right now. They're really hot. Um, even though their best player kind of had his ankle tweaked, I'm sure they're playing for him, their best player. And so when he comes back in, if he does come back in, I'm not sure if he's playing right now or not, but – I think he did come back in. Oh, he did. Okay. I mean, that makes sense why Kansas State went on another run because they were losing to Michigan State for a little bit uh, in the second half. And then UConn, I'm not surprised. Shout out to Will, um, who's not here with us today. But he he called UConn making a deep run in the in the tournament. And so far, they're looking looking like a strong strong candidate to uh, at least make the Final Four, possibly get to the championship and see see where it goes. So, And then these next two games here, Gonzaga UCLA that's that's going to be that's the game everyone's been talking about really. I mean I, I know um I actually was following that on FanDuel and uh, the lines changed dramatically. Like the other <laughs> night they were like I think I really can't remember exactly but I know they were like a heavy not a heavy but they were an underdog and now it's kind of like I think a pickem game like a minus spread. on both sides. Yeah, plus 1 minus 1. <laughs> it's essentially a pickem. Yeah, <laughs> um, the last couple of games ended on. I know Gonzaga ended on a a buzzer beater, where the guy in overtime, I think, hit off the backboard into the into the hoop, um, and then UCLA back. I think it was in like 2006, where they came back to win, and that's when Adam Morrison, uh, with Gonzaga, their star player, was playing. Then they have this. There's this little meme of like him crying <laughs> after UCLA came back because he was very passionate thought they were going to win it but um so my dad likes ucla he's from the california area so we're pulling for ucla but uh ryan from your short earlier today i'm, I'm ryan with you i think gonzaga with just how elite their offense is um I, I i think they're gonna win it i think it's gonna be a close game i get, makes sense why the spreads plus one minus one you know so i like gonzaga here and then fau tennessee the over under on this game is ex extremely low it's like 129 and a half or something. Tennessee's defense is insane. 
I don't know a ton about FAU. I know they've been efficient on offense, but I don't know if they've ever played a, a team like Tennessee with the swarming defense that uh, that they have. Did you have any thoughts there? I think they could be in trouble here. I mean, um, FAU? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think they haven't really played anyone too spectacular yet. And Tennessee was a big favorite until Ziegler went down. And, I mean, right yeah. now from their past games, they're showing they can still get it done. Yeah, I mean, you said the same thing, too, about Kansas State, right? Like, Kansas State, what, you have three injured players and they've still been playing well? <laughs> yeah, and I'm not sure how valuable the players were. Like, I don't know if they were getting, like, 10 points a game or anything, but it's always a loss when you lose people who are kind of, like, in the mix. Yeah, no doubt. Um, do you want to do a quick preview of tomorrow's games? Did you have a chance to look at those, or do you want to go on to? I haven't looked the, at those too hard yet. Yeah. I'll see in what how I do uh, tonight. <laughs> yeah, 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 the game I am most excited about tomorrow: uh, Princeton Creighton. Um, that game is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Creighton's been hot, but then I don't know. I mean, a 15 seed would be pretty cool to see them go to the lead eight. So that'd be really I'm a Blue Jays guy, so I'm not looking for that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I yeah, I figured. Really, um, Princeton surprised everyone, though. Yeah, I mean, we watched them together beat Yale uh, when we all had Yale. Um, but, I mean, Princeton's well-coached, and, you know, you never know. I mean, the team's from New Jersey, right? <laughs> you got FDU, St. Mary's. Was it St. Mary's? I can't remember. Uh, no, St. Mary's is West Coast. Who is the um, St. remember now oh st peter's <laughs> st peter's st peter's was a 15 seed fdu was a 16 seed and princeton's a 15 seed so you got these low-ranked teams from new jersey that no one's taken seriously it seems like and all of a sudden now they're getting the sweet 16 and hopefully they can get to a final or i don't i'll say at least the lead eight i know ryan's pulling great but all right. What do you think about the uh, Alabama San Diego State game? That to me screams low scoring game. <laughs> both both defenses are aggressive and both are extremely tall teams and they have really long wingspans. So there's going to be a lot of uh, steals and a lot of contests and tips and balls going out of bounds and blocks. I mean, I could see this game going to like maybe at the like 120 maybe like a 62 to 58 or something like just a, just a pretty low scoring game. I mean, that doesn't sound as low scoring, but right now the way these teams are playing efficiently on offense, I mean, looking at Kansas state, Michigan state right now, like the live scoring it's 77 to 73. I mean, that's 150. I mean, that's that completely blows the over under. It was set three different times, and each time it just keeps getting blown out of the water because Michigan State doesn't play any defense. We saw them against I Iowa at 110-106, and then they can score a lot. But Kansas State, like I said, they're going on a run. Ryan and I both like them a lot. I think Will likes them too. So <laughs> we'll see. It's the last three minutes left in the game. All right. Transitioning here, I wanted to talk – about the MLB, and Ryan brought up an interesting trend, uh, rule changes to the 2023 season. 
uh, recently announced in the past month, month and a half or so. So I think Ryan wanted to give us a quick rundown. We can talk about it here. Well, I guess the three main rule changes are they're going to start using a pitch clock. They're actually making the bases a little bigger, trying to encourage more steals. Uh, I think somehow it makes the game safer, they said. Hmm. Um, the third one is uh, they're banning shifts. So they're trying to keep all the infielders out of the outfield. Um, Vince, I guess, do you think any of these rules are going to majorly impact the game? So it says here for the bigger bases, traditionally they've been 15 inches square. Now they're going to be 18 inches. So the home, home plate's still the same. It's just first, second, and third. So I do think this change, that's like, that's significant change. I mean, three inches, that's, that's a lot. Three inches can make a big difference. Yes. And I think that, wait, here, it says right here, this will create a four and a half inch reduction in the distance between first and second base and between second and third. So with the more stolen bases, you're going to have teams who are going to be, this. the reason why they're doing this, I think, is because recently it's been home runs or strikeouts. There hasn't been a lot of singles, doubles, bunts, more strategic base running, suicide squeezes, those kinds of things. But instead, it's just been like people have just been standing there and the games haven't been as entertaining. I mean, people like to see home runs hit, obviously. But it'd be, it, I think they're trying to just incentivize getting back to like kind of the old school ball with – not just stolen bases, but also like sacrifice butts. Um, just good old fashioned rundowns. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, the rundowns. Those are those are fun to watch. Um, and it, it, I think it's also just trying to help make the game have a balance where it's not just so heavy on home runs and strikeouts, where you're seeing more balls in play, like in play in the infield and not like going out of the park. Um, and it also. This is interesting. It says the bigger bases could also have the effect of reducing oversliding in which a player loses contact with the bag while sliding through it. Hmm. I mean, I guess they're really trying to get people to advance, <laughs> trying to favor. It seems like between this and the pitch clock, they're trying to make the game go faster and also give the advantage to the offense because a pitch clock is going to make pitchers maybe feel a little bit more butterflies in the stomach, trying to make sure that they're, getting to the right clock, right time. So it might throw like affect the way they throw the ball accurately, the power, they might get nervous and not read the, um, the catcher signs correctly. What else do you think? Uh, well, I guess, I mean, um, I don't know if you saw this in your research. Um, I had actually briefly saw that they implemented all three of these rules into the minor league level for a good while and they were actually all successful in their intentions but hmm. i'm just kind of wondering what this is going to look like in the mlb i guess um i mean uh i think the bigger bases definitely could be an advantage for steals and everything i think uh the pitch clock could be a little interesting because you're kind of rushing everybody a little bit to kind of get set and get going right yeah the last one I'll say, the defensive shift limits, again, they're trying to favor the offense because what did the defensive shifts do? They favored the defense because they did the research on the players and who pulled, who hit opposite field, those kinds of things. So it seems like this is just all these advancements 
are trying to make the game, I guess, more entertaining for the short attention span of younger people today who, who complain a lot about baseball being boring. Um, so in summary, the shift for defenses, uh, you can no longer do that. The pitch timer. Um, so between pitches, there'll be a 15 second timer with the bases empty and a 20 second timer with runners on base. So that, and then the bigger bases. I just think they're interesting and I'm glad Ryan kind of brought this to the attention uh, of me and, and now we're bringing the attention to you because I think these are important changes. I think these are pretty significant. So we'll see what happens. It'll be fun to go to an Orioles game this, this summer. Uh, my opinion, the best stadium in the MLB. And I don't think it's just my opinion. I think that's the majority of most baseball experts' opinions as well. You have Pirates Stadium. You have Orioles Stadium. Pirates Stadium was actually designed based off of Camden Yards, Yards which is pretty cool. Um, I heard San Francisco Stadium's nice, the Giants. So, yeah, we're spoiled here in Baltimore to have <laughs> an iconic park based in the design when it was built uh, in 1992. It was based off of the like the 1900s, like super old school looking parks. Um, but now that they've moved the outfield fence back, um, it went from the number one park giving up home runs to dead last in the MLB. So it went from being a, a hitter's park to a pitcher's park just because you moved the left field fence from 310 to like 370 or some, something pretty significant. So, yeah, we should all go to a game. That'd be fun. Oh, yeah. I know. Um, Actually, I think they may be playing at Camden Yards tomorrow, I think, the Orioles and the Yankees. Really? I thought I saw that earlier. I mean, it's coming up. See. I mean, right now the Orioles are actually off to a pretty good start. Um, in the yeah, dude, this is a perfect segue. I was about to bring that up. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, the OPS—they're fourth in the MLB in spring training right now. For those who don't know what OPS is, it's on base percentage plus slugging percentage. They're at eight eighteen, which is ridiculous. I mean, this top five only teams in front of them are the Phillies, Angels, and Royals. Um, and this is both NL and AL. So. Yeah, they're 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 doing really well. That I looked I looked at a lot of offensive categories for the Orioles. Like, let's look at runs. They're second in runs scored. They are. Let's see how many home runs. They are fifth in home runs. <laughs> they are third in RBIs. Now you got to remember too. This is out of thirty teams. Um. On base percentage. Your top ten. Slugging percentage. They're third. Like I said, OPS, they're fourth. Um, let's see, hits, they're second. I mean, my goodness, like <laughs> go across almost every offensive category, they're killing it. I scrolled through uh, some of the recent spring training games, and I think I saw that they're like 10 and 12 with uh, two ties. Um, I think they played a lot of hard games, though. I know they had to play the Blue Jays recently. They had a couple hard meetings with the Pirates. Um, a meeting with the Phillies. So I think they're doing pretty good so far, especially with all the stats you were just rattling off. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, part of that is because they've been so bad, they've had so many number one picks from drafts and they've also developed a farm system. 
like when you've been that bad for so long in the recent stretch, like granted, there have been outliers. You had 2012, 2014, 2016, where 2014 they made it to the ALCS and got swept by the Royals. You know, 2012 and 2016, they, they made a little bit of a run in the playoffs. But after that, I mean, I think it was 2018, 2017. I think they have the record for like the worst record in MLB history or something in a regular season. So they've been very up and down as of recent. Um, but right now they're on the up and up because of the fact Adley Rutschman, Stowers, you know, some of these young guys, I mean, they're, they're just seeing the ball well coming out of the pitcher's hand and they're destroying it. I mean, Adley Rutschman, he's such a great offensive and defensive player as a catcher. His release time is like second fastest out of all catchers, which is pretty crazy to think about. Like he throws guys out quite a bit. Um, and he also gets on base really well because he's very patient at the plate and he takes a lot of walks. So if you can get on base and also not just by walking, but hitting, I mean, your on base percentage and the reason why they're slugging is so high is because he hits a lot of home runs and a lot of doubles. I think he led the league last year in doubles. Um, so they, they are on the up and up, and it's cool to see that so many young guys coming from the minors, building that farm system. What's been our Achilles heel? It's pitching. It's always been pitching. The reason why the, Ra the Ravens, sorry, the Orioles haven't been uh, more dominant is because the pitching just holds them back. It's like it counteracts their offense. That's always They actually have some pretty good pitching coming up this year, though. Let's hope. I mean, they say that, like, almost every year. And then it just becomes mediocre. I'd love to see it. We are, I would say specifically our starters, we've had some good relievers like Zach Britton, like for example, um, and then Felix Bautista, you know, Jim Johnson for a little bit. So we've had some guys coming out of the bullpen, Chris Ray, that's a throwback to like early two, early to mid two thousands. Um, like we've had some guys, the I think in the offseason, uh, we picked up uh, – or the Orioles picked up Kyle Gibson uh, from the Phillies. Yeah, that's right. That's a good shout. Um, that's a good shout. I mean, the Orioles have Cole Irvin, Kyle Bradish. Yeah, Kyle Jason Bradish. Rodriguez. Like, I think they actually have a really good shot this year with a pretty good bullpen. I mean, they're not stacked on, like, starters, but they have a pretty decent amount of guys okay. they can well, throw Kyle in. Kyle Bradish, actually, funny enough you say that, he, he came out of the bullpen and became a starter, and he ended up being – one of their top starters funny enough he was like he had he think he shut out the astros twice and the astros won the world series last year oh yeah <laughs> and he it's crazy like this guy who didn't have a ton of experience and that's probably why he's like i had no fear i don't care that these guys are the astros i don't care that we traded trey mancini that was like mr oriole we gave him to houston everyone saw that coming though and then he shut them out I mean, he played very well both times he started against the Astros. So, a lot of, a lot of uh, positive vibes for the O's, and uh, it'll be fun to go to a game. Heck, it'd be fun to go to Bowie Bay Sox, a Double A team. I've heard that's a lot of fun to to uh, atmosphere. And my dad went recently and got me a uh, Bowie Bay Sox hat with the Maryland flag on the rim and the, the B uh, on the hat. So it's it's we love our baseball down here. So, so I know it's spring, spring training. It's kind of early, but I do feel that the way that we finished the year last year, definitely good signs coming up. So I think that's it for, uh, for our sports segment here.
Uh, we love baseball, love basketball. We're going to bring you some more in uh, podcasts to come. So feel free to like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and support us and donate to Patreon. We have a Patreon up now. We have Apple and Spotify podcasts. We also, credit to Ryan here, he's been killing it on the Twitter game, getting a lot of uh, commentary on the, the Sweet 16 matchups here currently going on in future so follow us on twitter it's an entertaining read and also follow us on instagram all that sports and stuff thanks again for watching and uh go orioles go o's <laughs>